0: My best advice to anyone uh, that is trying to build something is kind of be focused, kind of be really clear uh, what the problem is that you're trying to solve and then stay true to that for a while. Don't go kind of all over the place and try to solve every problem in the world, uh, but kind of really understand your customer and really take care of them and kind of validate, validate, validate. Um, Over the years, I've said no so many times in Pipedrive that kind of when someone wants to say no, they just use my picture. Luckily, I haven't yet seen a bot really close a deal. Um, like there are bots that kind of help you schedule meetings and kind of take care of the tedium, um, and that's good. Like no one wants to do all of this kind of repetitive tedious stuff anyway. Uh, but when it comes to kind of really closing a deal, uh, especially when you're selling something expensive that takes a long time, uh, you really need that human touch. I don't think salespeople will go away uh, anytime soon. Welcome. To 14
1: Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups.
2: Martin talks about Estonia's minor economic miracle, its preeminence in the world as a digital nation and its huge success as a four unicorn startup country. He talks about the importance of staying clear and focused in the early days of building a company. On 14 minutes of SaaS, we estimate Pipedrive will reach 100,000 customer companies by the end of 2020. It's in G2's leadership quadrant in their CRM grid. However, despite G2's classification, in fairness, they have to draw the line somewhere on categories, Pipedrive is definitely not a full CRM tool. Pipedrive describes itself accurately as a sales CRM tool. So we have Martin Henk,
1: co-founder and head of product management at Pipedrive, here on the SaaS Talk podcast stage for 14 minutes of SaaS. How you doing, Martin? Good, good. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell me, maybe in 90 seconds, uh, your life
0: up to the point when uh, you, cr- you started building this rocket ship? Up to the point when we started uh, building Pipedrive? Yes. All right. So I grew up in Estonia in a really small town. Um, I went to this school that uh, got internet access really early on. So um, was it in the 90s, you wouldn't have computers and internet uh, at home yet, but we were lucky enough to have a really good uh, computer class in school. So um, I spent all of my kind of free time at the computer, learning to program, learning to uh, kind of design, to edit videos. And that kind of progressed naturally, so I kept doing that. Uh, and when I went to college, I, uh, I started my first startup um, with some friends in college. And that failed in a very spectacular way, or kind of, it kind of went out um, kind of slowly because it uh, became this a zombie startup. Um, went through a couple of corporate jobs, uh, couldn't, couldn't stand them for more than a year. Uh joined the startup uh, early on that was um, a social network for uh, people that really, really like their pets. So you could upload your pictures of your dogs and your cats and then talk to other people that are into pets. And that went uh, bankrupt in a very public way. Uh, and uh, kind of out of the rubbles of, of that startup and kind of we met up with some other people um, that were looking to build a tool for salespeople, um, we started Pipe Tribe. Now, Estonia is quite a phenomenon. It's only 1.3
1: million people, which is significantly smaller than even Northern Ireland, which makes us look big, Northern Ireland. Um, uh, I'm amazed at some of uh, how strong you are in SaaS, blockchain, crypto, What is in the water? I mean, I'm actually a resident, a digital resident of your country. Uh, I joined about a year ago. It's it's such an amazing program. First of all, what's in the water in Estonia? What's happening there, number one? And number two, what do you think of that ambitious plan to kind of bring in um, people from all over the world as as,
0: uh, e-residents? Yeah, so many things came together, um, especially in the 90s, where we um, gained our independence again. And at that moment, internet was booming. It was kind of very early days, and some of the people in the government uh, made the decision to kind of really double down on that. Uh, It was kind of a decision really between kind of building new railroads or kind of getting fiber into every home, and uh, luckily they picked fiber. So um, as I was telling, uh, the schools had really good internet and computers at the time, and uh, it was spreading. So we had the infrastructure. Then we also had the government was kind of really IT-friendly. So they, uh, they were running their own uh, kind of government meetings without papers kind of already 10 years ago. And a lot of the infrastructure was built to have all of the, uh, the public services on the internet. Um, so there's a thing called XROADS that connects all of the uh, public services. Everyone in Estonia has this ID card where you can uh, authenticate yourself online with a kind of government-issued ID card. So, uh, it's all kind of really safe. So, when you are signing something in Estonia, uh, it's not just kind of scribbling something on a PDF document, but it's actually much more secure than uh, signing something on paper. So, all of these things came together in terms of infrastructure. But at the same time, uh, Skype happened. So, people saw that oh my god, there, it is possible to build a company in Estonia uh, in a couple of years from kind of some people building something and then uh, selling to eBay for kind of billions of, um, of dollars. So that was huge. That was kind of mind-boggling. And um, that changed a lot. In um, kind of people started believing uh, that it was possible. But also there were hundreds of people that came out of Skype some people had got, uh, gotten really rich, but many people had gotten really smart because they had seen how to uh, scale a company like this. So these people started kind of uh, either kind of uh, building new companies themselves or joining other companies and helping them grow. And uh, and this kind of really got the, uh, the flywheel going where you had more and more people that had done it before, knew what they were doing, and uh, just kind of uh, showing other people that it's possible and kind of and now, like these days it's, uh, it's totally crazy. It's like this year alone, into, uh, into a country with only 1.3 million people, we have already raised more than 300 million dollars uh, this year day, alone. Isn't? and the year is not, isn't over yet. and we have kind of, uh, for only a million people, we have kind of, four unicorns already um, so Yeah, things are heating up. I think there's a
1: lesson for uh, European capitals in this. Uh, Stockholm also is a a great success story in that sense. Uh, If if Stripe had actually founded in Dublin rather than in in, uh, San Francisco and and hired all those early employees here, I I wonder would there have been that amazing spillover effect here. It probably would have been very good for us too, I'd imagine.
0: Well, yeah, but it's not all bad. I mean, you have Intercom here and other companies. We're
1: doing okay. We're doing okay. So tell me... um, PipeDrive, I think it has close to 80,000 customer companies. Yeah, that's it's right. It's a phenomenal story. How did it happen?
0: Well, it all happened from a personal pain. So two of the founders um, had been doing some, uh, door-to-door book sales in the U.S. And when they came back to Estonia, uh, they had uh, a sales consultancy for more than 10 years. So they kind of saw thousands and thousands of uh, salespeople that had this pain. that uh, They were forced to use software that they didn't like and uh, the two founders themselves they they needed a software to sell their services and uh, everyone was also asking them so okay you're talking about this amazing pipeline uh, concept but well, what tool should I use to kind of really take advantage of this concept and they couldn't really recommend any tools because all of the tools were not really good so finally they found the tool that they kind of liked and looked really good on paper Uh, they paid an enormous amount of money for it kind of tens of thousands of euros and once it was kind of finally implemented two weeks later they found out that no one was using the tool and everyone still had their pipelines on the wall with post-it notes that was this kind of painful uh, slap in the face like oh shit like something is so wrong in this market we really need to build ourselves Um, a new tool that people would actually want to use and at the same time, as I was saying, uh, we had this previous startup, go bankrupt, we were looking for other challenges, met up with these two um, and, and took up this challenge of building a tool that salespeople would actually use. And since Tim and knew so much about salespeople, they, they understood their pains and their needs so well, we were able to build a tool where kind of, for the first time in our lives, we saw salespeople get excited about seeing this, uh, this tool. And instead of being a chore that you need to do, kind of once a week, you type stuff into your uh, tool so that uh, the manager can run a report. <laughs> Salespeople started using it day to day as a productivity tool, kind of to be more on top of things, to be more organized, to kind of never um, forget about any commitment, uh, kind of nothing falls through the cracks. So they started getting this benefit. And uh, through this everyday use, uh, they saw that kind of, they're making progress, uh, they're selling more. And uh, they liked it so much that they started uh, talking to other salespeople about it. So uh, Pipedrive, especially in the early days, but to this day, mostly is growing through word of mouth. Salespeople just kind of talking to other salespeople. So if you look at our search traffic, it's just kind of mostly people typing Pipedrive into Google. Um, so this kind of amazing word of mouth uh, has been the, the major driver behind the growth. And and word of mouth is definitely the best way. It proves you've got something that people want to recommend, and it's the
1: most sustainable growth. Um, now, I've actually been involved in a couple of hundred uh, CRM rollouts myself. Would you would you agree, Martin? So I, I get I get where you where you're going. You 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 founded PipeDrive to focus on um, the actual sales people, the users, as opposed to a kind of a dashboard driven tool for managers. Would you also agree, though, that? Um, with the best will in the world we can design tools that way, Um, but a big part of that is how we roll them out, how we engage the customer and uh, you know the type of project that we actually deliver. That's also a huge part of of whether it's
0: successful or not. Oh yeah for sure, I mean um, uh, the tool itself obviously uh, plays a huge role but also kind of um, how easy it is to adopt, uh, how good your support is um, I think uh, our amazing support team had a major role in the early success of, uh, of Pipedrive when kind of, people signed up because someone had told them about Pipedrive, but when they had questions, we already had people ready kind of, answering their questions um, quickly and in a human way. Uh, so kind of, this uh, obviously played a huge role uh, and, and still does. Now I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, uh,
1: now that you've got such a huge footprint, if you're going to maybe move across into other areas, because you're not really a full CRM, you're a sales CRM, I think it's accurate to say. Um, And the reason I'm asking that is I remember back in 03, uh, within a month of joining Salesforce, uh, I I was in uh, Bell Canada, uh, rolling out only cases and solutions at a time when people didn't realize that a service thing, just because, it was so easy to deploy, and there was nothing else at the time. It was the beginning of SaaS. You guys now have that opportunity to move across into other areas and and build and build out, or because you're so brilliant at the whole sales CRM part, do you, do you see yourself doubling down and kind of forever focusing on that? What do you, what's in the future
0: for well, PipeDrive? Forever is a really big word. <laughs> so uh, next three years, next three. Yeah. Years. <laughs> <laughs> so. We That's for every yeah. Tech. We don't have a habit of uh, promising any future features. Uh, we don't have a public roadmap or anything like that. Um, it's fair to say that there's still a lot to do in the sales part of the CRM. Uh, we're only getting started, really. I mean, uh, from the original vision of kind of what a really good sales tool should do, uh, there's still so much to do, and we haven't really kind of fully started on the manager side. So the the first level manager, I think, is. Uh, is the least taken care of uh, person in this whole ecosystem. So now we have many more tools that are really good for the salesperson. Uh, a lot of tools are really good for the CEO, uh, for the first line manager, kind of not so much. So there's a lot of things uh, we're right now doing uh, to make their lives better. But at the same time, like, there's much more to the sales cycle than just kind of the active pipeline management. So you have prospecting, you have kind of uh, post sales work, so obviously there are opportunities to go kind of uh, a little bit broader. So I'm not saying that we want to go and, uh, and try to solve every single problem that an SMB might have. I mean, there are com- competitors that are trying to do that. Uh, I believe that this will lead to mediocre products when you're trying to solve too many problems. Uh, but kind of adjacent things that are kind of next to sales or kind of um, uh, closely related to sales, um, I'm sure that we will be expanding there as well. In 1949,
1: Arthur Miller wrote one of the great plays of the 20th century, Death of a Salesman. Um, will there be less salespeople in the future? Um, and how do salespeople need to evolve, do you feel, over the next five to ten years?
0: So, yeah, there, there is obviously a lot more automation going on every day. Um, and luckily, I haven't yet seen a bot really close a deal. Um, like there are bots that kind of help you schedule meetings and kind of take care of the tedium, um, and that's good. Like no one wants to do all of this kind of repetitive tedious stuff anyway. Uh, but when it comes to kind of really closing a deal, uh, especially when you're selling something expensive that takes a long time, uh, you really need that human touch. And uh, what is happening is sales salespeople are really turning into kind of more of a consultant role. So going into companies, really trying to understand what their problems are and how they can best help. Uh, instead of just kind of uh, pushing something down someone's throat. Uh, And this is something that I believe is unique to humans, being able to go in, really trying to understand what the problems are, coming up with the best solution. Um, So I don't think salespeople will go away uh, anytime soon. Now of the the leaders, which you are
1: certainly one in that whole sales CRM space, um, you're probably the fastest growing right now. It's an incredible achievement. what piece of guidance would you give to uh, somebody else looking to uh, make that big move and start their own company?
0: I mean, um, one of my favorite things uh, is focus and uh, and the ability to say no. Um, over the years, I've said no so many times in PipeDrive that I kind of when someone wants to say no, they just use my picture. Um, so, um, kind of my best advice to anyone uh, that is trying to build something is kind of be focused kind of be really clear uh, what the problem is that you're trying to solve and then stay through to that for a while don't go kind of all over the place and try to solve every problem in the world uh, but kind of really understand your customer and really take care of them and kind of validate 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 kind of um so that's uh, that's the best advice and, i can I give i think
1: i think nobody could accuse pipe drive of not being massively focused on you too. Martin Henk, Head of Product Management and Co-Founder of Pipedrive, thank you very much for giving us your
2: time
0: here, 40 minutes of SaaS. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me.
2: In the next episode of 14 Minutes of SAS, we move to the Web Summit in Lisbon, where we'll welcome back my old friend Paulina Montano, who was the third guest on the show way back at the start. This time, instead of a single episode, we recorded a three-part mini-series together. She'll tell her whole history from humble beginnings in the beautiful city of St. Petersburg, in post-Perestroika Russia, a strong mother, had a massive influence on Polina's career. Polina went on to become an international business person, an accomplished polyglot, a champion of operational excellence, and a hugely successful co-founder of SAS Rocket Chip Job Today, an employment networking app and SAS service. The platform handles over 6 million applications per month, and 70% of the job matches happen within 24 hours. been listening to 14 minutes of sass thanks to mike quill for his creativity and problem solving skills and to katsu for the music this episode was brought to you by me stephen cummins if you enjoyed the podcast please don't forget to share it with your network subscribe to the series and give the show a rating